and welcome to Five Things in a Song, the podcast where we discuss five things and then Patrick usually performs us a lovely song. I am Om76 and way over there in Denver, Colorado is my co-host Patrick McGuire. Hello everybody, my name is Patrick McGuire, nice to talk to you. Are you okay? You sound down, dude. I'm not down, I'm my... My body is under attack by viruses and germs, and I'm winning the battle. But uh, but it's but I've losing lost, the war. I've lost. No, I'm winning the war, but I have lost the battle. That's what I meant to say. I see. Those mucinex dudes are still living inside your body. <laughs> I see. <clears throat> yep. There's... Oh no, you're coughing already. See, this yeah. is going to be tough. Should so, I leave the coughs in or should I cut them out? Leave them in. Because <laughs> I need all the empathy and sympathy I can get no. from the listeners. Yeah. No, I'm not going to let you have that. Shit. Well, sorry, you're saying that I have to win affection just by being charming? Yeah, you've got to be good. I try to give 110% to everything that I do, including recovering being from this sick. illness. Yeah, including being, including being sick and winning the sympathy of friends and loved ones. Well, even when you're not sick, you do a lot of throat clearing and sniffling that I that I kindly cut out of the podcast. I sniffle. Even when I'm a 100% healthy man, I sniffle. Well, other than being sick, are, what else is going on with you? Uh, what else is going on? I, uh, I'm fully moved into this basement uh, apartment and I'm um, just writing a ton of music, you know, doing my thing. Are you writing good music? Yeah, I'm writing music I'm really excited about, absolutely. Cool, I wish I could hear it. I will keep sending you demos. Actually, I can hear it right now in my mind. Really? Yeah, it sounds pretty good. Oh, cool. Congratulations. That song's about you. I hope you're not writing songs about me. <laughs> um, um... Oh my God, I hate my neighbors so much. What are they doing? They're just making noise, and I hate them. Yeah, I hate them too. And if I ever meet them, I'll tell them that. Now there's a helicopter overhead. Ugh! Oh, man. Uh, if I were more chill and not look like high strung and like anxious. Can you hear that? Yeah. <sighs> God, at Los Angeles, how do you escape from it all? Good question. I mean, I guess you have to die. You have to die or maybe just sink under the ocean for a minute. Yeah, that's probably nice and quiet under there. <laughs> How often do you go to the beach? Never. <laughs> really? Yeah, really. Oh, why not? I don't even know how to get there. You go go west from where you are and you will hit Just the ocean. Till I find some water. Like, how often do I go to the mountains? I don't know, like four or five times a month. I go to my mountain a couple times a month usually. I have one mountain. I don't have multiple to go to. What mountain is it? It's uh, Mount Hollywood. <laughs> oh. <laughs> There's an observatory there in Griffith Park. But no, I don't go to the beach. I'm not really a beach person. I don't have a beach body. <laughs> it's not like I can just like, oh, I got to lose eight pounds for beach day. You know, like that's not going to do it for me. Yeah. I've got to get like 20 years younger <laughs> before I can have a beach body. Is it more of just kind of what would you do at the beach? Like, I'm going to the beach alone. I'm going to go swim now or whatever. And you're like, all right, it's time to go. Like, it'd probably be a huge ordeal. Yeah, kind of. You you kind of have to go to the beach with people, and I've never been invited. You've never been invited to the beach? I should try to get a friend eventually. <laughs> so I want to talk about wedding registries. <laughs> okay. Okay. So... 
Recently, I moved into this basement apartment, and I haven't lived alone in my own kind of apartment for a long time, so I had to buy things like pots and pans and kitchen stuff and a lamp and a chair and just a whole bunch of stuff. Wait, were you just using all of your roommate's pots and pans in your last apartment? For like years, yeah. You Really? You didn't have any of your own stuff? No, because I've always moved into this person's house or this person's house. And you just so, use their shit. Yeah, so now I've got my own kitchen. But I was thinking like, God, I have to go buy all this stuff. And I was like, you know how there's like a wedding registry for people who are married? Like, why can't there be a single person's registry and you could have a party called I'm a person now and then everyone everyone <laughs> I'm a buy, grown up now <laughs> I'm a I'm a grown up now I'm a person and people buy you items everyone's like here's a toaster here's a spatula here's a piece of artwork everything well they do have wish lists that you can publish on your Facebook page but but like the the arrogance of that if I'm just like hey guys I'm having a party like come give me gifts for no reason like uh and I guess we give people gifts uh to married couples because marriage is probably the hardest fucking thing in the world and then no and we're like, that's here's, not why well i don't know we're like here's a toaster good luck to you traditionally that was what you did when you became an adult you did that in your early 20s the very first home that you're making for yourself like you move out of your parents house and and you're getting married and that's that's the first time you live alone yeah. away from your parents now it's not like that. By the time people get married, they have all their stuff. They don't need it. So now it's just as arrogant to give married people a bunch of plates and shit as it is for a single Amen. person. Amen, sister. But wedding registries, I don't think that that needs to happen anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it all right, let that continue. But also, you know, maybe if you if by the time you're 30, you're not married, like, let's have an I'm a person party where it's like, just come buy me shit. Like I need, I still need so many items for my place and uh, I can't afford it. So just send your mom uh, a wish list from Target. She'll take care of you. My mom's not made of money, um. <laughs> okay. I'm, I need to rely okay, on. Okay, send it to my mom. She'll take care of you. Yes. Me. Okay. I need to start relying on podcast listeners, friends that I've burned bridges with, uh, acquaintances, you know, other bands in Denver. I did, I just need to just start kind of reaching out and saying, hey, I need items, you know. Can or you, you can start, like, dating older women that have, like, you know, alimony money or something. That's true. That could be a little piece on the side. Yeah, they're very generous, those older women. Yeah. Very grateful for that young dick. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just need to dance. Just kind of like. I don't know. Whoa. I feel like I've never seen you dance, but I've pictured it in my brain, and I don't think that's worth any money. Oh, excuse me. You know what? My my dancing K has gotten me laid. It's gotten me <laughs> friend. It's gotten me friendships. My dancing has gotten me so many things. Okay, so I could absolutely earn some items. I don't think it's gonna dancing. get you any pots and pans, though, son. Oh man, I disagree with you. I think I could. I could uh, make my booty clap and get and, and, and make that turn okay. into a spatula or a can opener or whatever. <laughs> okay, I didn't know you could make your booty clap. If you can make your booty clap, I take back everything I said. All right, l real real talk here. Is the booty clap thing when like one cheek hits the other and makes a clap noise? Um, yeah. <laughs> Don't I, tell me you've never seen this. Well, I've seen. I know, but now I can't do that. My butt doesn't work like that. 
Okay, well then, I don't think you can trade your dance skills for kitchenware. I think I can. I think I could find the right older woman. I could seduce her, and then I could say peace out. And then I could. You can learn how to booty clap. I mean, you can't do it now, but you can. My butt is not learn. shaped like that. My butt is not like big enough to, for one cheek to clap on the other one. Like I do squats. Okay, so it's actually pretty firm. <laughs> Okay. The more muscle you have, the easier it is. No, it's, it's not. It's all muscle. Yes, it has to it be is. a bunch of fat. It has to go. No. Mm. You can you can do it with a muscular butt. Okay. Trust me. Podcast listeners, please email us at five things in a song at gmail.com and uh, feel free to comment on the, the booty clapping, uh, whether I'm a shitty dancer or not. All these things. I just we, we just we want to hear your opinion. Okay. <laughs> I used to go to this gym in Hawthorne, California, which is kind of like a middle class black town. But there was a there was a 24 hour fitness there that I would go to. And there were there would be strippers there working out because <laughs> <laughs> they got to stay fit and they would be doing the splits and all sorts of sexy shit like, <laughs> at the gym. Oh, that's and so awkward. And they'd be testing out their butt muscles and stuff. They had powerful, powerful butts. <laughs> I was very jealous. There's just guys who buy gym memberships and they just like stand by the window and they're just like, Ugh. I'm sure they do. Because I mean, I when I go to the gym, even when I was fat as fuck, people would stare at me just like pervy old fucks. <laughs> and so they're they don't have like very high standards. So I imagine if you actually get an actual attractive person like they're just never going to be left alone at the gym. Yeah. I you bet. can't do anything without putting on a show for everybody there. Even though the gym should be a no... Um, no ogling? Yeah, no no sexy place. Like, it's just, you know... I know. I totally agree. I want to be able to bend over and stretch, do like a back stretch without somebody going, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> check that out. Look at her. You know, I don't... I hate that. And I wish I didn't. I wish I could just be cool with it because it just makes my life more difficult. Well, and because you're being really phys- physically vulnerable in a place like that. Yeah, there would just be guys that stand behind you on the elliptical machine and just, just to look at your butt and you're just like, fuck you, yeah, away from me. Yeah, that's so douchey. It's called iRape. <laughs> <Can you laughs> like like the, new, the new Apple device. Ugh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> what are we talking about again? We're talking about wedding registries, but more specifically. Oh, that's right. How single people just should get items for no reason. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think definitely um, the older woman is the way to go. Yeah, I'll find her. Next time you see a, kind of a sexy older lady on Tinder, do not swipe her away. <laughs> I never do. Have you ever seen older people on Tinder? Uh, I have, yeah. I've seen 50 and 60 year olds on there. Oh, they're never... I just saw a commercial for a, a new uh, dating site for people over 50. What's it called? I can't wait. It's called Our Time. <laughs> it's named after that famous Goonies monologue that you're not familiar with because you're too young, where Mikey is inside of a wishing well and he's looking up at the sky and he says, up there, it's their time. It's their time up there. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. Wow. That's adorable. Uh, I, I've seen one for farmers. It's like city slickers just don't understand. And then it's like a picture of a blonde woman by a truck, like moving some hay around or something. And then and then just kind of like a stereotypical farmer. And then it's literally for farmers to meet each other. 
I think the main problem with a farmer finding a date is that they need to be in bed by 7 p.m. so they can wake <laughs> up, you know, five hours before the sunrise. Yeah. I think that's your main problem. Yeah. Can you meet for dinner at 4.30? Exactly. <laughs> Want to come back to my place? It's like five. The sun's still out. Foreplay involves milking various mammals. <laughs> Um, so I want to talk about The Devil and Daniel Johnston. Oh, my God. That documentary is fucking insane. Yeah. yeah. Well, how would you describe Daniel Johnston for people who don't know who he is? Um, Daniel Johnston is a singer-songwriter who's really prominent in the 80s and 90s. He kind of came up in the Austin music scene. Uh, he suffers from severe bipolar mainly like mania. He just has a very tenuous grasp on reality and what's going on. He yeah, when he's off his medication, it's just his nature's not to be violent or or crazy, but he is a crazy person. Um and his music <laughs> is put it, put it lightly. You know, I think the most unique thing about this documentary uh as compared to every other music documentary that I've ever seen is that they were able to back up every story with actual audio tape of the day that it happened. Yeah. Because somehow Daniel has this compulsion that they never address in the movie, but he records everything. He records fights that he's having with his mother, phone calls that he's having with his manager or whatever. He's got tape recordings of everything. Their um, audio letters, I think, and audio diaries. I'm not sure. They didn't really talk about why these tapes exist. They were just, they just kept using them. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like there's a part of him that knows he's being crazy right now and that it should be documented because it's interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. And you can tell even by the sound of his music that he's not very well. <laughs> like, but that's what makes his, his music interesting, I think. How... Just the tempo just shifts and he just can't like stay in one like spot for too long and like nothing is stable. And I think that yeah. just kind of reflects his mental state, you know? That's a very interesting way to put it. He seems unable to sing at the same tempo that he's playing. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really strange. The documentary um tries to say that his mental illness is what brought him down in the, in the long run where it's the, it's the main reason that he didn't become super successful. But I would argue that his mental illness is what made him successful to begin with. Yeah, that's so true. Cause he had just that manic streak and how he promoted himself and how he talked about himself. And he was probably a novelty to some people in the beginning. And then they were like, Oh, this is really interesting and really quirky and really obscure. But it's funny too, because uh, Electra records was about to sign him. And they're going to sign a uh, a lifetime record deal with him, basically like whether he's ill or whether he's not, just kind of being patient with him to put out records. And but Daniel uh, rejected the the deal because Metallica was signed to Electro Records, and uh, he thought they were possessed by Satan and they wanted to kill him. So he just said no. There's no way he would sign with them. So he was just crazy enough to think that Electra's association with Metallica was the same thing as an association with Satan. Therefore, he must absolutely have nothing to do with them. Yeah. Despite the fact that they wanted to support him for like years of his life. Yeah. So sad. So crazy. It is sad and crazy. Did I ever tell you that I've seen him play live? 
No. When did you see him? Um, it was a couple of years ago. It was 2011 in the summer. Uh, I went to this event called Open Borders. So the entire Borders franchise shut down and that they left all these enormous buildings behind. And this guy, some investor in Thousand Oaks, decided to buy this one or maybe just lease it for a per- period of time and turn it into a like a flash art venue. And the biggest event that they ever had was this Daniel Johnston show where they had, uh, you know, a lot of his artwork up on the wall, as well as a lot of other. I don't know if they were local artists, but they seem kind of like local artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had like 75, 75 of his pieces and they had a lot of opening acts before Daniel Johnston played like um, this female musician named Soko played. Huh. The whole thing was surreal to be inside of a closed borders that had been turned into an art gallery slash venue. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, but it was totally worth the $15 or whatever it was that I spent um, because I, it was it was just like a singular experience. And when they brought Daniel Johnson out, he's he looks like 20 years older than he is. Yeah. You know, how old is he now? He's got to be only in his 40s or something. But he looks like an old man. Yeah, and, he does. He's uh, put on a ton of weight. Yeah. Yeah, he's just all disheveled and stuff. Anyway, so he plays for a while by himself in his classic solo style where he's just strumming the guitar frantically at a different tempo than what he's singing at. Yeah. And then they had, uh, like, for the second half of his set, they had a, a full backing band and uh, backed him up on a couple of his his famous tracks, you know, like Speeding Motorcycle and that kind of stuff. That's interesting. So that's all I have to say about the devil and Daniel Johnston. Okay. Cool. I think people should watch it. Even if they've never heard of him, they, they will like the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. Watch it. So my next topic is blood donation. Gross. Have you ever donated blood? Uh, so here's my thing. When I'm dead, you can have any organ as long as it's for the goodness of science or whatever. But my blood for now is mine, and I'm so creeped out by anybody taking my blood right now, and I will (laughs) never do it. It is creepy. Now, I donated blood the other day, and it's something that I used to do all the time, but I haven't done it in like five years until the other day, and I forgot how gory it is. I don't want to discourage anyone from donating blood, but it is so weird to see a clear bag fill up with your life juices. Your life force. Yeah, your life force is they're taking it and they're they're giving it to like needy children and people who are injured yeah, and that's who knows good. who they're giving it to. They're probably giving it to total douchebags. I don't know why I donate blood. I'm not like an extremely altruistic person and I I don't have any like family members that are in the hospital that need it or anything. There's there's no reason it it all just started from selfish intentions um when I was a kid, I was deathly afraid of needles, just like so scared of them that one time when I was 12, I don't remember why, but I had to get a shot in my butt cheek <laughs> and I tensed up so hard that the needle snapped off in my butt cheek and they had to get special pliers to like pull it out. Oh, that's terrible. I know. Oh, and and we can't have needles breaking off in our butt cheeks. No. So, like, when I was about 19, I was working an office job, and there was a local blood bank that would come by the office 
every eight weeks. And they would set up a little blood donation center inside the conference room and they would put donuts out. And I'm like, hmm, I hate needles, but I love donuts. (laughs) So I thought that it would be a good way to get over my fear of needles and a good way to get away from my desk for about a half an hour and a good way to get a free donut. So they lay you down on the conference table, like actually lay you down on it in your office attire and like hook you up to a bunch of tubes and shit. And uh, I got over my fear of needles. I can actually take it now. I get a flu shot every year. That's great. But I still, it still, it freaks me out. Like needles, I don't like them. But, you know, if I need to get something done, then I'll totally do it. But I just cannot give blood. I know it's good to do it, but it just freaks me out. Yeah, it is pretty freaky. It's kind of weird because they'll tape the tube to your arm that's flowing out and uh, it's warm. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) The tube is warm from your body. And the last time I did it, this nurse said, you know, that's 10% of your blood in your entire body. Like, holy what? shit, are you serious? 10%. Nice job, nurse. That's crazy. That's too much. Oh, my God. That's I didn't crazy. mind, though. I just made new blood. And it was awesome. I can do that because I'm young and alive. <laughs> Someday I won't be able to do that. So I, I just want to give as much blood as possible while I'm still functional. I don't have any weird diseases. I've never eaten any British meat. I've never had any gay <laughs> sex. But they ask you all these questions before you donate blood, because if you've had sex with a man who's had sex with another man, then you're at risk of HIV. And apparently you're not allowed to donate. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. Even if you have the slightest chance of being exposed to HIV or mad cow disease, Mm -hmm. Hortsfield Jakob disease, like if you've lived in England for more than a couple of months, you're not allowed to to donate because you could have that in your blood. It's really eating their fucked up meat. It's really sad. I actually had a friend whose um whose mom and sister passed away from uh blood transfer that had uh HIV in it. So Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah, I mean it was a long time. I long... thought the, the blood supply was totally safe. Oh, it was a long time ago. It was like, you know, when he was like a kid or whatever. But uh Oh, back in the eighties. Yeah. But just super just like horrifically sad uh that is horrifically sad so i mean i guess i can see i mean they test they're able to test the blood now the old uh they say you can absolutely not donate blood as a means to get an hiv test but if you do have hiv they will tell you oh that's so crazy it is crazy it's uh it's crazy how far science has come since then that it's not a death sentence anymore it's not like they've figured it out, but they're on their way, you know, which is great. Right. You can take drugs forever as long as you're really good at taking drugs. Yeah. And if you have money. so <laughs> Money, 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 money. <laughs> money. As long as you're profitable, we will keep you alive, sir. <laughs> Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing okay. You haven't been coughing that much. I know, because it's mostly... <clears throat> It's mostly out of my system. You know, and your voice sounds beautiful. Really? Yeah, better than mine. No, my voice does not sound better than yours. Yeah, it sounds a lot better than mine. I don't agree. I think you have the voice of a sultry fallen angel. (laughs) Fallen angel, thank you so much. That's the only way we can hear your voice is because you're down here on Earth. Oh, I see. Yeah, I think I I called you a baby angel one time and made you really embarrassed. It did make me embarrassed because I'm a man. (laughs) 
Did we prove that last week when I didn't know who the lady on Sex and the City was? Yes. Okay. Do we know that now? Um, but you know what we did the week before you said you watched Full House religiously, and that's a girl's show. So that is not a girl's show. Your theory has fallen apart. Full fucking shit. There's pl- everybody knows Full House. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows that it's a girl's show. Everybody loves Full House, okay? Yeah, it yeah, transcends yeah, yeah. gender. So I want to talk about vegetarians. Because vegetarians? I'm vegetarians? Vegetarians, because I'm a vegetarian. And not in the preachy way of like why everyone should be a vegetarian. Nope. I just wanted to share some thoughts about what it's like to be a vegetarian. Uh I stopped eating meat a few years ago for a bunch of reasons. But the same reasons that everyone stops eating meat, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, not for any, you know, not like an unconventional reason. Like, um, you know, like a tree told me to stop eating meat. And so. <laughs> well, some people can't eat a lot of meat because they have to watch their iron intake and that kind of thing. But that's not why. No, it was it was for, I guess, conventional reasons like. Health and uh, mistreatment of animals and global warming and all that sort of stuff. But it's so funny because it's like 2014 and people still, when they hear you're a vegetarian, they just think something's wrong with you. And then they get really insecure about themselves. And so they just kind of... I don't of, think people think there's something wrong with you, but they do assume that you're judging them for their own lifestyle. They absolutely do. And then they're always like, well, I don't really eat that much meat. And I'm like, I don't care how much meat you eat. I'm not, I'm not like judging. I'm just like, I'm trying to get some pad thai with tofu. So don't worry about me. You do your thing and I'm going to eat my non-meat. I was vegetarian for a short while. And I think the hardest thing about it was when I would be eating at my parents' house because they do not take kindly to somebody making special requests of what they're cooking. Yeah. I didn't last long. The hardest thing for me is uh, students' families will make me food and they'll be like, we made you these ribs to go like after a lesson. And I'll be like, shit, (laughs) because I'm like, I don't eat meat. And then immediately they just feel alienated or they feel like I'm rejecting them, which I am. I don't mean to be. It's just like I would rather not uh, eat meat. Like I just prefer not to eat it. Uh, So that's always hard. And also, like, if you say you're not eating meat, that that's just as alienating. Like, also, I'm I'm gay. I like I like butt sex and hail Satan. <laughs> yeah, just doing something that completely uh, is like out of their world and experience. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I voted for Obama twice. Bye. <laughs> just get out of there. Goodbye. about a lot of the other podcasts that I listen to. Do you listen to podcasts very much? I do. I love podcasts other than ours. Yep. <laughs> Besides ours, they're really cool. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean that. I, li- I like ours. I think we do a pretty damn good job. And Canada seems to think so too because we've been getting a lot of love from Canada. Oh, I wonder who is it who it is up there. Okay, again, people write us. Tell us who you are. Five things in a song at gmail.com. Yeah, right? Who if you are pro- you people. You live in Canada? That's cool. Are you a Mountie? Do you know Arcade Fire? Write us. Do you know us. Alanis Morissette? Yeah. Do you know? Do you know Joey, Uncle Joey from Full House, which is a show for men and women? <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so I I was realizing that I think all of the podcasts that I listen to are Los Angeles comedian podcasts. What do you listen to? Um, I like You Made It Weird. I think that's a pretty good one. I listen Pete Holmes, to Holmes, a Los Angeles comedian podcast. Yeah, I knew that though. So I was kind of cheating. I was kind of pandering to your point there. Uh yeah, I listen to Who Charted sometimes. Do you listen to the, that one? No, what is that? That's cool. I think that's it's from Earwolf. Listen What's it, it about? It's about uh, they do like pop charts of like dance songs and stuff like that in movies. And they're just oh. funny and silly and they have guests sometimes. That's cool. Uh, I love the moth story hour. That's a really good one. Although it's too short, I feel like. Because I, when I listen to a podcast, I want a really meaty discussion, at least 30 minutes long. So, but that's a good one. Good stories. I listen to Radio Lab, of course. I listen to Freakonomics. I like the TED Talks. Ooh, brainy stuff. Uh, those are really cool to check out. I like WT- WTF, which obviously is Mark Marin, who lives in LA. Another which, LA like? comedy podcast. Yeah. What, what about you? Okay, so my faves are the ones that have had me on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, but it's also kind of true. I tend to listen to podcasts that are by people that I know and have met here in L.A. Uh, one that I just started listening to sort of recently is a Lady to Lady podcast. And that has three comedians, um, Barbara Gray, Brandy Posey, and Tess Barker. And each week they have a female guest. I think a lot of times when you see, oh, well, it's called Lady to Lady, that means you have to be a lady to listen to it. But I think it's like very general. It's not all women stuff. Um, another podcast that I listen to pretty regularly is the Long Shot podcast. It's also by comedians. Sean Conroy, Amber Kenny, and Jamie Flam are three local comedians, and they usually have a guest who's also a comedian in town. I, I, I like it because they don't hide their issues with each other. They're very open with their arguing amongst themselves, which kind of adds some drama. Huh. That's interesting. <laughs> and they're all very funny people. And another favorite of mine is called Respect the Danger of Knives. And it's not a very funny podcast, but it's a very interesting podcast. It's not like a, you know, how a lot of podcasts, they don't let the guests speak very much. Yeah. And this one, it's like a very one-on-one interview podcast where the hosts ask the guest personal questions and the guest does about 80% of the talking. Nice. Like I listened to a podcast that you were the guest on. I don't know how long ago that was. The ear, uh, was, was it called Ear, ear Candy? Ear Candy, yeah. Yeah, you guys should listen to it. Oh, God. That's not... We don't have enough time tonight to discuss that. We need to... You know what? This is not going to be a thing tonight, but we got to talk about Twitter crushes and then uh, internet personas versus real life people. And yeah. that'll be my story. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, sure. <laughs> Um, I know that you have a, a cold. Yes. And you're not in the mood to sing this week. So what are we going to do instead? Yes, unfortunately, I cannot sing tonight, but I can steer our listeners into the direction of a great song uh, called Juno by a band called Lanarchiste from Salt Lake City. Uh, these guys are really, really good. We'll play a little bit of the song on a, here on our podcast in a bit, but uh, you can get this song free at Lanarchiste dot bandcamp.com do you want to talk about the band at all 
Uh, yeah, this is a band from Salt Lake City. Our band played with them at uh, South by Southwest last year or two years ago. They're on the same label that we are in the UK. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, all right, Lanarkist. What's the name of the song again? Uh, Juno. Do you know what I mean, man? <laughs> I found my breath in a sea of
So this has been Five Things in a Song with Om and Patrick. Um, please like us on Facebook. I know Log we ask you this Facebook. every week. Okay. Just like us, facebook.com slash five things in a song. And also give us a nice rating on iTunes if you really like us. Yes, please. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week. Love you. Goodbye. Bye.